Hello and welcome to Little Love Hearts podcast. May is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Month and from the 3rd to the 9th of May it is Maternal Mental Health Awareness Week. Throughout May I'm going to be dedicating the podcast to maternal mental health. I'm going to be joined by some amazing women who are going to share their stories and struggles with you. Some of which are still in the thick of it, others have come through the other side All of these women want to share their story so that you will know that you are not alone. Hi and welcome to Little Love Hearts, the podcast. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Liz, the owner of the Calm Birth School. Liz has been kind enough to share with us her journey to recovery from postnatal depression. In her story, Liz shares how she got help from suffering with depression, OCD, and intrusive thoughts. Liz shares what worked for her, but that's just to say that it may not work for everybody, but there is help out there. So I just wanted to flag that if you're experiencing any of the feelings or thoughts that Liz talks about in our podcast today, then please talk to your GP, your health visitor, or reach out to the Pandas Foundation at pandasfoundation.org.uk or you can contact them on their free helpline number 0808-1961-776 and just remember that you're not alone. So, hello and welcome to Little Love Hearts. I'm very excited and honoured to be joined by the lovely Liz from the Calm Birth School. Um, I trained with Liz um, to become a hypnobirthing instructor and um, I'm just delighted to be a part of the Calm Birth School family, what it um, embodies and the support that it gives to new parents and um, it's just a really, really lovely community to be a part of. And uh, to talk a little bit about herself and introduce herself so you know perhaps um, who she is, how she got into hypnobirthing and how she came to be the owner of the Calm Birth School. Liz. Uh Thanks Nicola. (laughs) Um, Thanks for that lovely introduction. It's really nice to hear how you feel about being part of the community which is um, yeah it's really important to me and really really lovely to hear. So like you said I'm Liz and um, I got into hypnobirthing probably about nearly 14 years ago because my eldest child is, she turns 14 in a few months. um, And it was really my pregnancy with her that led me to hypnobirthing because um, quite a familiar story to to many hypnobirthing instructors. I was terrified Mm -hmm. of giving birth. um, And I didn't really know how to resolve that sort of terror or or that fear. Um, I actually put off getting pregnant um, because of the fear of of giving birth. Yeah, I mean, I got married at 2024 um, and my husband was like, yeah, let's start a family. And I was like, no, let's not. So I was was 27 when I I got pregnant with my my daughter. and even during that pregnancy, I was kind of burying my head in the sand very much like, you know, oh, let's just 
like almost like let's pretend it's not happening mm-hmm. um and once I got to about 32 weeks I kind of recognized that that was a bit of a you know this baby was going to come out one way or the other mm-hmm. and that's when I did a bit of research and I, and I came across hypnobirthing then and that was literally my first encounter with it and I vividly remember it and I can even remember thinking this feels like a big moment in my life and it was a big moment, not mm. just because it changed how I felt about birth, which it did. And I, I didn't have long to change it, but it did change <laughs> how I felt about birth. Um, it changed how my birth experience went and how I felt about my birth experience. But it set me on this course for something entirely different. You know, my life back then, I... Um, you know, I'd been to university, I'd been traveling, no real direction as to what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We got married, I was kind of co- working in more sort of a co- corporate um, environment. Um, yeah, I didn't really know what my passion was or what I wanted. And it transpired that it was hypnobirthing, but I didn't really discover that until uncover that, yeah, until a few years later when I had my second child. And then my husband was like, you've got a train because you're going to be great at this. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be rubbish. Why would you think I'd be good at this? And he's like, no, you should definitely do it. And he was the catalyst for me training in it. Um, and then everything sort of evolved from that point, really. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And it, it is a story so familiar to myself and other hypnobirthing instructors that that's it. They, they found this one. Thing that only enabled them to have a, um, a a lovely birth and you know help them through pregnancy but then literally transformed their lives and gave them a new passion and, and business so yeah that's absolutely awesome. absolutely I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity that I found the thing that really lights me up because not everybody does and it's so important well it feels so important to me to have that kind of sort of higher purpose in your life and to know you know that you're here to do something that probably sounds really woo-woo to people but I'm I'm here I'm here for it (laughs) and I think I think people talk about um you know having like as an act of service and Mm -hmm. you know that's maybe a little bit woo-woo but it's in terms of the fact that particularly teaching something like hypnobirthing it's because we know we've experienced amazing and transformational it can be that we want other people to know it's like we found this thing you need to you need to have it the world needs yeah. to know how great it that is. was it right at the beginning it was I, my daughter's birth experience was um like it wasn't this kind of textbook everything went to plan kind of birth there was intervention um in that birth experience and then my second birth was just completely straightforward like everything went as it should which mm-hmm. doesn't always happen um but it was those two kind of polar opposite experiences that sort of showed me that hypnobirthing is something for all births like you can you can you can use it in whatever experience that you're in and it shouldn't be it's for a particular type of experience which shouldn't be that we're trying to achieve a particular type of birth it's like this you apply this to whatever situation you're in and that's really what I did and it really really helped me and it really supported me in my pregnancies and during the birth and postnatally as well. Mm -hmm. so obviously this week we're um focusing on um 
uh, postnatal and um, perimental health, mm-hmm. um, maternal mental health week that it is. Um, what were your experiences with mental health during your pregnancies? Yeah, so I've always been that type of person. I describe myself as, you know, being quite an anxious person. I've always had anxiety. has been sort of sitting on my shoulder all, all through my life. I, d- I don't really remember a time when didn't experience um, anxiety and you know I had coping mechanisms I didn't actually know it was anxiety I don't think like when I was at school and when I was a teenager I just thought oh this is just me and this is what I do to to cope Um, but you know as my life went on I started to recognize these different um, things these different symptoms I guess and different practices and coping mechanisms that I did and I was able to identify that as right okay so I you know I I have anxiety um so when I was pregnant and I was burying my head in the sand you know that's typical of my anxiety (laughs) let's just forget that it's happening Um, so coming face to face with it which is what I did by you know looking for a solution with um with hypnobirthing um, it was kind of unusual for me in uh, at that time. It's not unusual now, but it was unusual at that time. Um, and I feared for myself. I worried that I would have um, postnatal depression or postnatal anxiety. I think by that point, you know, I definitely heard of postnatal depression and how, um, even though like none of my friends had had babies at that point, and actually the only only one of my siblings who'd had a baby was my sister and she literally had her baby nine months before I had mine despite the fact that she's like nine years older than me so there was no no nobody around that I could sort of reference you know that sort of postnatal mental health to really understand um how it worked so I really felt scared that you know if there is this kind of postnatal depression I'm gonna get it that was kind of how I how I felt. Um, with my first, I definitely experienced postnatal anxiety um, afterwards. Um, I remember waking up, well, not waking up because I hadn't been to sleep, but I remember in the middle of the night really panicking, having a panic attack and saying to my husband, like, my tongue's swelling up, I can't breathe, my tongue's swelling up, like, help me, help me. And I remember him coming into the bathroom with me and going, open your mouth. And I was opening, he was looking in my mouth, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. And, and I was like, no, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, having this, you know, massive panic attack. But he managed to calm me down. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's he's always been, since I've known him, which we've been married now for 17 years, but since I've known him, he's always been able to pull me back down, like, you know, plant my feet back on the earth. Um, so the anxiety was definitely there after mm-hmm. I had my daughter, and that's definitely one experience I can remember. Um, I also remember... Um, one of my aunts like <laughs> me saying me saying to her does this feeling ever go away like does this feeling like like this worry about them ever go away is it is it yeah is it is it normal and she's just saying to me you're gonna feel like this for the rest of your life <laughs> oh. so part of me then felt kind of oh okay maybe what I'm feeling is like kind of normal and mm-hmm. it's maybe not something I need to worry about um, so just little things like that, I, which felt big at the time, uh, I remember. I never had to medicate or anything like that. 
the anxiety did just sort of kind of pass into a more manageable anxiety like the kind of anxiety I was used to um like uh, it was after I had my second child after I had my son um that I had more of a um yeah a big kind of <laughs> period of depression and that wasn't until he was two so there's a big question mark in my head whether it should be postnatal depression or depression the um GP told me it was postnatal depression. The therapist said it's depression. But what I've learned is they're just labels, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was at the time I was, I was suffering from poor mental health, um, which, you know, we've classed as, as depression. And there was definitely anxiety involved in there. Um, and it spiraled into OCD, intrusive thoughts. Um, it was a very, very challenging time for me. Um, and that was now, like, how old is my son now? So he's 11. So that was nine years ago, about nine years ago when that happened. Um, but it's, yeah, like, it's still there. Like, I can feel, like, quite close to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, like, able to talk about it and committed to talking about it. There was a time where I couldn't, couldn't. I felt, I felt some shame. And I felt like nobody would understand. And I felt people would think differently of me if they knew. Mm. But I've definitely moved through that now. And I'll talk about it whenever and however, because I think that's how we can help people is by sharing our experiences when they are ready to hear them. Because, you know, I wouldn't have been ready to hear my story you know, when I was actually going through it, I, I don't think I would have been able to absorb it, but it, it it can help when the person is ready, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think you also need to be, because, you know, the, the, the purpose of these podcasts is to bring awareness to um, yeah. maternal mental health and to talk about it. But mm-hmm. I think it's also important that people don't feel a pressure to talk about things, because I know for me, until I processed it in my own head, until I'd worked out how I felt about it I, mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't share it like I couldn't even tell like my close family I couldn't tell friends um I was like okay this is the thing I'm, I'm glad that we have mm-hmm. it's been you know uncovered or or um, diagnosed I suppose mm-hmm. but I, I just wasn't I just wasn't able to talk about it and now obviously I've worked through it and now like yourself I see the importance mm-hmm. of sharing it and for people to see that you know it manifests itself in all different ways and that you can come through the other side of it and that it isn't it isn't forever you know if you get the right help and if you do all things because I don't believe that one thing works in isolation you know I I personally for me I found that the drugs helped I found that talking therapy helped I found that exercise helped I found telling my friends and family helped and just doing little things for me like I remember getting my nails done and being like wow I like feel like me I feel like a, a human not just a milk cow and <laughs> yeah <laughs> like but I, I just sort of think like it's not a one-size-fits-all and these things aren't in isolation like it's not just a case of getting a prescription I think it, it's... I totally agree yeah and I, I, I can relate to that as well because you know, I, I did um, take antidepressants. So actually, I remember um, 
so so the 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 depression like it must have been building for a long long time like when I reflect back on it now like I can see how unhappy I was and how yeah how it was things were difficult and they you know they needn't have been um so it was definitely building for some time but there was one day which I remember as being like the the point where it just got too much and it was the day when I was driving to work so at that point um you know I wasn't the owner of the Cranberth school um I, I I had just done my training actually yeah so I'd just done my hypnobirthing training I think I'd maybe had like one client or something like that um and I was driving to my part-time job um which I loved by the way like I was well supported I'd worked there for like 10 years at that point I had lovely people around me um and I was driving to work after having dropped my children um with I think my mother-in-law and it was all of a sudden it felt like this very heavy dark cloak just came down on top of me and it felt like everything just got so heavy and so dark all of a sudden and I had a panic attack right there and then I had to pull in I could still I know the road where it happened and every time I drive down that road I think about what happened I had to pull into a petrol station which is just at the end of that road and I parked like as far out of sight as I could at the petrol station and I just had a full-on blown like screaming shouting snotty panic attack and at that point I phoned my mom and I said I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know what's wrong with me this is happening um and and she said oh just just go home just go home or get really emotional <laughs> um oh, yeah. she said just just go home or go to your GP so she called the GP or I called the GP I don't know I think she must have done it and we went together and I remember the GP saying to me um, I'm going to give you these antidepressants and within a, within a month, the light, the light bulb's going to come back on and you're going to be yourself. And I remember thinking, oh, I can do that. I can take those tablets and, and then I'll be myself again. So she gave me those tablets. She also gave me something to help me sleep because I wasn't sleeping at that point. Um, she also gave me something, I can't remember what it was now, but something for the anxiety, for the I was getting this anxiety symptom, which was pins and needles all over my body. And that, that continued for ages. I couldn't, I just didn't know what it was. It was horrible. So she gave me all these different tablets. And like, you know, the sleeping tablets you're only supposed to take for a short period of time. So I was literally rattling with tablets when I left. And my mom brought me home to her house and just said to my husband, you're going to have to deal with the kids when you get back from work. And like, obviously I was keeping him up to date with what was happening. Um, and I just got to her house, got into my old childhood bed and just like tried to just, you know, wipe out and just kind of block everything out. Um, but a month passed and the light bulb, you know, it didn't come on. I kept waiting for it. I was desperate for it. Like, where is it? I don't feel like myself. What, what else do I have to do? And it was after that month when it didn't happen that I just thought I've got to take control here myself. Um, you know, at that point, I wasn't taking any sleeping tablets um, or very minimally, and I wasn't taking any uh, sort of anxiety uh, medication. I was just on the antidepressants, and it was like a low sort of milligram um, of antidepressants. And I didn't really feel like they helped me, um, but I kept taking them. 
Uh, and it was at that point that I thought I need to do something else. I was signed off work as well at this point. And one of my friends at work, <laughs> it's, not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Her <laughs> husband was a um, Reiki master in training. And he wanted me, he wanted a case study. So she told him about me. And then she came back to me knowing I was, you know, I was erring on the side of woo-woo at that point. So I hooked up with him and every week for six weeks, I went to see him and I had a Reiki session. And, you know, it was free at that point because he, he wanted a case study and he was happy to do it for free. I was very lucky um, and it really helped. It felt like, you know, when you said about your nails, when you walked out and you felt like yourself, I felt like I walked out of that Reiki session just feeling a little bit more normal, not like healed or recovered, but just a little bit more normal. And then I would so look forward to the next session. And it really, really helped me. It really helped to balance me. And I literally use Reiki for anything now. Like if someone says to me, oh, I'm feeling like this, I'm like, get some Reiki. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, so yeah, Reiki was definitely something that helped me. The tablets, I took them. Who knows if, they, if I hadn't have taken them, it might have been, it might have been worse. Um, I also did, I was waiting for, you might know this as well, I just felt like blooming ages on the NHS. Um, waiting list Mm. waiting for some support and I finally got this sort of group counseling session and that was embarrassing or it felt really awkward because everyone in that room you know I I felt like they just weren't the same as me they weren't experiencing what I was experiencing and in fact I remember the lady I sat next to turned to me and said I don't think I really need to be here like I'm not that bad and I was like yeah yeah me too and then she left the room everybody left the room and I just stayed sitting in the chair and then um, somebody came to speak to me and I was like I need more than this like I know all of this and it's not helping I need something else so that's when I then went on another list to um, get you know some one-to-one counseling and support but it just couldn't come soon enough I just felt like it was just, you know, weeks after weeks. And I, I just desperately trying to find my way back to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I couldn't without the help. So luckily, in the end, um, my dad very kindly offered to, you know, pay for some private um, therapy sessions. And that was where I was introduced to a woman who, she's, she was a hypnotherapist, she was a psychotherapist, she was um, an EFT um yeah like therapist and she introduced me to EFT which again along with Reiki is like an absolute staple for me in terms of times when I'm really suffering or when I'm feeling anxious or worried about anything um for those who don't know EFT is emotional freedom technique and it's all about like you know unblocking your energy and I just find it so simple yet so powerful so she really really helped me and then finally, I got my one-to-one counselling with, um, yeah, with on the NHS. And that was great. And that lasted months. I can't remember how many sessions I had, but it felt like a long time. And that was really helpful. And it was that counsellor that by that time, things had spiralled into um, OCD intrusive thoughts. And it was that counsellor that really helped me normalise things and really helped me 
to see that I wasn't some I wasn't like this horrible person which my thoughts were you know leading me to to believe Mm. um and so that was really powerful but I think one of the major things at that point I I don't know why I did this or where I found the strength to do it but I decided to switch jobs this was when I was having my one-to-one therapy so I was kind of into healing almost healing mode so I switched jobs I got a new job new part-time job and that felt like a breath of fresh air like it felt like almost like a new me um new people new experiences like yeah my anxiety was like but it was a different type of anxiety um and that I think was part of my healing process um and you know yeah that and working for that business um, is something that is probably the reason why, one of the reasons why I'm, you know, the owner of the Calm Birth School right now, because that business, um, shout out to uh, Nick James, who uh, I used to work for from Expert Empires. He um, really inspired me to kind of, yeah, like be a business owner, run my own business and take it seriously um so I think you know meeting him and the other people that I worked with there really helped me with my confidence in that area as well so sorry Nicola I've just waffled on like, no, no. <laughs> That's, it's amazing thank you so much for for sharing and I think right it's in terms of I think being around the right people yeah can really help um hugely you know, in, in all sorts of ways but particularly you know for your mental health um you know if you're around people that are gonna inspire you and bring you up and champion you and cheer you on and be your cheerleaders you know it's worlds apart from being somewhere that you're made to feel the complete opposite isn't it and um, yeah definitely and that's in terms of um, what, what the, the car birth school offers because that is now what you give to all of your teachers and all of your clients mm-hmm. um and it is that sort of that again this like woo the high vibe energy that you know creates yeah yeah that's really thank you for saying that it is really important to me that I have that kind of community where we're all inspiring each other and motivating each other and supporting each other and it is a positive environment and I know sometimes people can kind of roll their eyes at too much talk about you know positivity but it for me, in terms of like my recovery, it was really important to be around those types of people, like you said. And so I think going forward, I, you know, I, I only really ever surround myself with um, with positive people and people that whose lives I can enhance and who can can enhance my life. Um, I, I guess I'm lucky. You know, my family were so supportive. My parents all the way through like experiencing that sort of period of depression and and OCD they were you know really there for me as was my husband I mean I probably don't mention him enough but it like literally goes without saying he was there like every single step of the way Um, and he experienced a lot you know it was hard for him with two small kids and me not being me I was just not me and it felt like it went on for such a long time it felt like that and in you know it was probably 12 months where I really wasn't myself and um but it was years after 
where I seemed like myself, but on the inside, I was still very wary and having to feeling like I was monitoring how I was feeling like I was on high alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while that started to relax as well. But, you know, I'm sure my husband felt the, the impact of, of that, of me not being me. Um, but in all honesty as well, Nicola, I don't know if you can agree with this. I feel like that whole experience, like I'm almost, I know I got emotional, but I'm almost grateful for it because it's made me who I am and it's made me the kind of parent I am because I think I'm much more empathetic and compassionate and patient because of what I've experienced. Um, I think that I am more determined um, to, you know, get where I want in life because of that experience. And also I really value um, relationships and, and friendships and those are the things that are really important to me. And those are the things that I put into, into my business, into the Calm Birth School. So for anyone who's listening to this and they're, they're, they've experienced, you know, that sort of poor mental health, whatever it may be, they might be in the middle of it or they might be just coming out of it or, or however, uh, whatever stage that they're at, you know, I think it's important to think that there is like a huge light at the end of the tunnel and, all these things, I just do believe that they happen for a reason. That sounds really cheesy, doesn't it? But it is, it's part of why I'm here doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I know, I know for a fact that if I hadn't had the experiences that I had, that I wouldn't be here. Literally, I wouldn't be here talking to you. I wouldn't yeah. be here. I'd probably be in my old full-time job. You know, I would, yeah. I would have a, a different life. And hundred percent I'd be a different parent and yeah I just for me it was um transformational in the sense that it almost gave me permission to be who I sort of wanted to be and um you know you you going to a new job for me it was leaving an old job and and setting up little love hearts and and being here it was um you know all of the bits because I always used to joke I used to say you know there's like different there's like Nick, there's Nicola, there's, you know, blah, blah. and now I'm just, I'm just Nick, you know, like um, mm-hmm. I, I sort of try to be as authentic across with my clients, be that baby massage clients, hypnobirthing clients, with my peers. And I just feel that I, there's no, I don't want to have a facade anymore. And mm-hmm. I think um, like yourself saying that you always sort of had the anxiety on your shoulder mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was sort of it manifested itself through um, like perfectionism and things having to be a certain way. And if they weren't, yeah. then it was failure. You know, it was mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but it just if something wasn't right, be it. I don't know how the towels were folded in the bathroom to how I mm-hmm. presented a report at work, then the world would end. And now yeah. who gives a well yeah I mean I think you know it 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 does transpire differently in in all of us and it's a very our our mental health is very unique experience and um, it's great that you can reflect and say I was one way but actually going through that experience has released me from all of that you know and that's that's really powerful. Um, I also think that, I don't know if I'm going to articulate this uh, well, but I feel there's a part of me that really feels like that 
when we go through these types of experiences, it's almost because we're not fulfilling our true potentials. We're kind of living a half-life, if you like. We're going through the motions. We're, yeah, we're not fulfilled. We're not, we're not, we're just not being who we're supposed to be. And I feel like that experience almost came to me because I wasn't being who I was supposed to be. I, you know, my job at, at the time was I liked the people, but the job was, it was boring. I was bored and it wasn't, you know, I'd been there too long mm-hmm. and it just felt like every day it was like Groundhog Day, you know, oh, do this, do that. And I, I, there was part of me thinking, like, is this, is this it? Is this what life is supposed to be all about? And then that experience came along and it really shook me up as in, right, now just go and live your life. Like, stop. what are you in this job for that you don't enjoy? Just because you like the people, like, just... <laughs> crack on we get one life and it really I felt like it was it sort of peeled layers off me and exposed something else that I didn't know was there you know which is this person who is capable of running a fairly sized business and does something that she is passionate and purposeful about so maybe that's another thing that people can take away from it if they're experiencing mental health issues is that see this as a like um yeah an unlayering of who you really are um to you know to find who you really are um because I definitely think that's what it's been for me and sounds like it has been for you as well definitely and and the other thing that I and again maybe a slightly cheesy one but you know the, the quote that you are never you know the, the baby is born and so too is the mother and yeah. you know what is it that the, um, the woman existed before but the woman the mother never did yeah because she's new and and be that your first child your second child your third child like yourself you you transform like you said mm. you, we transform we like metamorphosize into yeah something yeah. else we absolutely do and that continues doesn't it especially with, with parenthood you know what's so I after having my second child and then you know experiencing that um period of mental mental health um poor mental health um I was putting off having another child I was like oh I don't even know if I'm going to do it because I don't want to experience that again and for me it was you know so I felt like oh he's so vulnerable after you've had a baby that maybe that's when I would again experience it so you know there's like five years in between my boys um Jamie is uh, six and when I had him when I got pregnant I felt that shock of like oh my god I'm so scared like this is going to happen again but immediately I went straight to Reiki <laughs> so I was having distance Reiki um I was having I went straight to listening to my mp3s to work on my mindset and how I was feeling um and using my affirmations and doing my breathing technique like from finding out I was pregnant like six eight weeks pregnant that's what I was that's what I was doing and I really immersed myself in that and after that um that birth which was you know another birth experience which was amazing and didn't go to plan at all um after that I felt so good so good so I think it's really interesting to to note that you know you can actually come through those uh, periods of poor mental health and be much much kind of 
more aware of what your triggers are and therefore I don't want to use the term strong because that you know that implies that you weren't strong before um you had mental health issues but you do feel like you know I can I know myself better I can manage things better and that's how I felt after my third child and you know I didn't have any any significant periods of um poor mental health apart from you know like the usual like just crying on about day three where you just can't stop um those sorts of things um and yeah I managed to just really enjoy that postnatal period rather than having any anxiety or any depression or or anything like that that's wonderful to hear that's wonderful and like we talk about in in hypnobirthing it's I guess because you had the tools Mm. You, you knew like you had right okay I know what I can rely on that's going to help me through this be it your breathing mm. the affirmations the the relaxations and for me I I use my hypnobirthing techniques probably as much if not maybe more than uh, in the fourth trimester as mm-hmm. I did in the first second or third because I needed something to quieten my mind yeah um because like you said when when you know you woke up with your tongue swollen well you haven't woken up because you've not been asleep yeah I I, I, I was like yeah 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 I remember that and (laughs) and that just exacerbates everything doesn't it and like I always say like there's a reason why sleep deprivation is torture you know Mm -hmm. used as torture because it affects our minds it affects everything doesn't it yeah if you can if you know that something works for you be it for me, I used to like have um, aromatherapy sprays or anything like that to try and cut, listen to my MP3s, try and breathe, yeah. breathe, just to get through the sort of moments of real, that sort of physical anxiety symptoms. Um, yeah, I, I used to carry around um, Clary Sage on um, like a little hanky. So I used to, every morning before I would go out, I'd put a bit of clary sage did this for ages and then i would just this wasn't when i was pregnant because you don't use clary sage when you're pregnant everybody this was you know after i'd had my babies and i was experiencing this um yeah the, all the difficulties that i was i would be smelling that every and it would really really help me so yeah there are little things that you can do every day that can just help you and just take one day at a time and don't put too much pressure on yourself as well and Another thing that really helped me was hugs. You know, I remember just, I would just go around to my mom and be like, can I just have a cuddle? <laughs> She'd be like, okay, yes. And talking to her about it, because I used to tell her um, some of the thoughts that I was having and she would just like, just look at me and shake her head and go, oh, darling, don't be <laughs> just like really make that thought go down to this tiny little thing like you know that's not going to happen and, and stuff like that but sometimes it feels too scary to say it out loud but that did really help me say it out loud and then that thought just goes and it doesn't have its power over you um any longer and also my mom you know she would reassure me that you know oh you're a great mom and you know your kids love you and you love your kids and all of that sort of stuff and that was so helpful. You do. And new mums yeah. need to hear that. Mm. They do. They really do. They don't get to hear it enough. No, no, because they're so busy taking care of something, a little stranger <laughs> that's come into their lives. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I do wonder sometimes, I think, you know, my son was two when, um, when I was sort of diagnosed and you know I just think that sometimes we just we do put too much emphasis on there being a label on what we've 
what we're experiencing, isn't there? Because I think post, I, I think I wanted it to be called postnatal depression because it felt like it was temporary. Um, but now I know that we're like postnatal forever. So, you know, <laughs> nothing temporary about that. Um, whereas depression just kind of felt like, oh no, like for me, it was like depression. Oh my God, I'm going to have to live with that my whole life. And then the OCD intrusive thoughts, um, the, all the information I could find about that was like, it was about managing it, not being free of it. Um, and that was really hard process um as well but you know I am I am free of it so that's really good to hear that is and it's just like postnatally we have to work on our pelvic floor yeah you know once you've had a baby they say and it's like your um mental health we need to to work on all the time and I think that goes to people that even haven't had babies you know for men for dads and and yeah you know those that aren't because things have changed you know you can't (laughs) life will never be the same as it, it w- would be and you can't do the things that you used to do to to cope so you need mm-hmm. new things and that takes a while I think to accept doesn't it mm-hmm. it definitely oh, did for me yeah no it definitely it definitely does I mean I think you know anybody who's had a baby whether you're feeling like you might be suffering you know from postnatal depression or, or not you need as much support as you can get around you and you need to to feel like what you're experiencing is normal like new mums are under so much pressure to um I don't know to to be perfect you know what we see on Instagram I mean I love Instagram but what we see on Instagram and what we see on different social media platforms and what's generally in the media is we shouldn't be aspiring to something like that you know we need people to tell us like bloody hell motherhood is hard parenthood is hard and now as a mom of a teenager and a preteen and a six-year-old you know those challenges they don't go away they just get different they just become different they morph into something else you know <laughs> so just wait till you have a teenager no I'm joking it is um it's all just part of the the, the journey and the and the process and you know the more that you kind of evolve as a parent the more things that you're you feel like I'm capable of this I'm capable of this and you can keep you can keep working through those those challenges Definitely. So this year's um, theme for maternal mental health is uh, road to recovery. Yeah. So what do you think helped you on your road to recovery? I mean, you've mentioned quite a lot, obviously, like yeah. your mum and, and your husband's obviously been um, a pinnacle part of of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there any anything that you would say has, you know, what, what has sort of helped you? Um, yeah, it, I think not being afraid to try things. You know, so if I tried the Reiki and it hadn't made any difference to me, maybe I would have felt like, oh, what's the point? But I honestly think that you have to keep going and you have to find what works for you. Don't just rely on the medication. Take the medication if it feels right to you and that's what you want to do. But don't just rely on that to like, you know, for that light bulb to come on, which, you know, never came on. Um, Just just yeah take control of of it and keep trying these things there's so many things out there that you can access I mean 
I know it's hard because a lot of things cost money and not everybody has like, you know, that disposable income or like me, you know, my dad was sort of willing to pay um, for some private therapy for me. Not everybody has that. So, uh, but there are things that you can access out there that are free. You know, there's lots of charities where you can get support and you can be signposted to. So just, just keep looking and keep going and know that you'll, you'll get through it and you'll get through it and, there'll be someone new at the end of it. Definitely, I agree. Um, so what do you wish you had um, known as a new mum? And, and what, would you, what would you want others to know now, having been through it yourself? <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> uh, I'll just write a book. Um, I think that... I, I was such a naive first-time mom, and I think all first-time moms are, are naive, but I really think I was spectacularly naive. Um, I just wasn't ready for that kind of weight of responsibility. It felt so heavy at first, you know, and it felt like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm doing this right or I'm doing it wrong, and... I think that the most important thing for me now, if I was to sort of talk to me as a new mum, I would say, like, you've got this, you know, you know what to do. It's inside you. It's your intuition. And you know what? The things that you don't know, you just learn as you go. I think I was expecting to kind of have my daughter and then all of a sudden I would just become this sort of perfect mother and it'll be really easy because that's what that's what happens on the telly and on social media um and it you know it, it it was much harder than that um but but yeah but I, I got there in my own way but I think I would say to myself now do what you want to do rather than what people say that they do with their children or what you know or what you know family members or friends are saying that you should do listen to what's really important to you and I think if I'd done that more, I would have had more confidence in myself as a as a mother. Um, I mean, now, you know, I feel very confident as a mother now. Um, and But that's evolved over having three children. Um, and probably the last thing as well. So I know I'm waffling, Nicola, but the last thing is that I think if, when you, if you have more than one child, this really sticks in my head I was expecting my second child to be like exactly the same as my first and he wasn't at all he was like the polar opposite as a baby um and when I had my third child then he was very different to the other two so I think it's about each child needs to be parented differently according to that individual's needs and wants so don't be afraid to change how you parent as you go my daughter now is 14 she's like you never did that with me when you know you never said that to me when you were when I was that age or uh, and I'm like darling I'm evolving you know I'm, I'm learning as I go and she thinks she's my guinea pig but which which to an extent is true yeah exactly but everything she does is my first time and I keep telling her that you know, every every new experience you have is the first time I've experienced it. So you've got to be patient with me. <laughs> and that's really good advice uh, in terms of the fact that 
you know, as as you and I, we're different. We're completely different. We're both hypnobirthing instructors, but we're we're different. Yeah. going to have different ways, different thoughts, and yeah, yeah the, the children are completely different. And I don't know if you've seen on on TikTok the different themes people are going around with, like um, first child, middle child, last child. Oh, I love parents. them. <laughs> parents' reactions. Yes, yeah. exactly. It because like each child is different. The, by the third, I'm the youngest of four, so by the fourth child, my parents were like, meh. yeah I'm the same I'm the youngest of four as well and exactly the same you know I remember my sister not being allowed to do certain things and then by the time it got to me it was like yeah of course (laughs) of course you can do that that's fine we're happy with that now but yeah exactly it's parenting does evolve and and change and and you know you've got to yeah accept that your children are individuals and they're different they're different people they've got different needs and different wants and what one approach for one child doesn't necessarily work for, for the next child. Yeah, and as a parent, your, your confidence grows. Mm. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think if I was to have a fourth baby, which I'm not, then I would, um, yeah, like I feel like, yeah, I could, I'm, yeah, it's so much easier once you've done it like a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I'm not having it. <laughs> well it's been brilliant talking to you Liz thank you so much for taking the time to come and share your story and I'm sure it will not only um, inspire other people but it will also give them some reassurance and confidence to know that if they are going through something at the minute that you know like I always say this too shall pass and yeah. that that light is at the end of the tunnel um, mm-hmm. it just might be a windy path to get there but it's been really lovely and inspirational um, hearing from you and um, thank you so much for for joining us thank you Nicola it's been lovely to share my story with you thank you thank you so much for listening to little love hearts the podcast I hope you enjoyed it If you would like to find out more about hypnobirthing, baby massage or baby yoga, you can find me on Instagram at Little Love Hearts, on Facebook, Little Love Hearts and online at my website, www.littlelovehearts.co.uk. Thank you.